You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. With me is Tony Abbott, and we have special guests again, two guests this week. Uh, we have uh, Josh from Evolving Wild. Josh, how are you doing today? And Tony, how are you guys doing? Oh, I'll defer to Josh here. Okay, all right. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing about as well as anybody can be doing these, uh, these times. All right, Tony and you. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing, uh, I'm not doing too bad today. Uh, getting, getting used to it. Like I haven't had any desire to like go outside or see people. So I think I, I am just, uh, just getting used to uh, it. My body's adjusting to, uh, to quarantine life. And as you saw before I um, before we started recording, I have this really nice, long, flowing beard that is clearly a pandemic problem. <laughs> I ain't going anywhere either, so uh, screw it. I'm going to just keep it. You're just going to be ZZ Top when this is all done? Oh, yeah. Well, I need a haircut real bad, too. So I've been <laughs> contemplating either just taking, like, my beard trimmer to my head as well so uh-huh. okay, i don't I know if that's a good idea we're gonna go out like and i was gonna have to send you like one of the videos of like the italian mayor is yelling at people in italian like <laughs> bibbidi bobbidi do not go out uh. <laughs> or like uh in south korea where they're actually physically reprimanding people that are walking around yeah yeah you uh the, from what i've seen in italy it's just like mayors getting on facebook live and, and yelling at people and just <laughs> shaming people wildly. Yeah, I mean, it is it is basically like that's what you see is people are, you know, getting shamed. And I I mean, I think that to an extent, we're probably on the way. It's kind of funny. I, I read something that was I think it was Italian saying like, you know, advice for Americans about what they should do before the lockdowns start. And one of them was like, get a haircut if you need to, because like yeah. all the lines are closed. And I, it's kind of fun. I, I haven't cut my hair in over three years, so I'm not looking to cut it anytime soon. But the beard thing is kind of, you know, when you're at home and you're just like not going anywhere and you don't have anything to do, it's like, and if you're just staying inside, it's like, well, why, you know, why shave, right? It speaking has been a of- long time since I got a haircut. No, Joe, not speaking of anything. We're still talking about hair. We're <laughs> right, still talking well, yeah. about hair. Uh, I have not had a haircut in over a year uh, ever since I left the gas station. Uh, I was I was probably at the breaking point where I would need to get a haircut or my hair was not going to fit in the hairnet anymore. But I, I'm not about that life anymore. So uh, I was just <laughs> like, you know what? I haven't been able to do this for like five years, maybe even longer. Let's go. And uh, yeah, we'll still go, yeah. man. Let just let it flow. That's what I've been saying. That's I've been. Pre- I'm probably at seven or eight months now. Not quite a year with without a haircut, but seven or eight months, so it's long. Uh, well, but was- I was going to say, speaking of no shaving or haircuts, did you see the picture of Ben Roethlisberger? No, I did on Twitter. He's got a full ass beard. His his hair is super long, and uh, he looks to be about like three bills. I mean, that guy, not even close to playing shape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just looking for it now. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. He's letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I mean, he, Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger is kind of a piece uh, anyways. But uh, yeah, I just saw that picture and it was just like if there's people that are letting it go. And I thought I was one of them. That guy is letting it go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's been one of, that's been one of the things that people are like, oh, I you know you see like these occasional threads of people recommending like, oh, if you're working from home, make sure that you you know like get dressed and uh, you know take a shower and shave and make you know like separate your work life from your home life. And you and know what? Of- I don't even do that when I'm working. 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been the other thing I've been keeping my hair up a little bit more because it's been like that's what they said is like you know it's get it out of your face or whatever. But which I don't really mind at this point. Having long hair is kind of a pain. But Tony, once you get past the one year mark, that's when you start to um, with your hair. That's when you start to kind of start questioning whether or not you want to get rid of it because you've been investing that much time into growing it out. <laughs> No, no, I think I'm just gonna I, I think I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go until I can't stand it. And I'm not nearly at that point. I, I finally found a hat that looks good on me. So I okay. like whenever my hair <laughs> is getting in my face, I just wear like the one hat that looks good on me and I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I think I'm, I'm at that stage with my beard, because it is pretty lengthy. I'm, I'm gonna show you Josh here, real quick. <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta like, own it's, it. It's got good length, right? I mean, oh, yeah. It's yeah, been about a year. That. That's it's good. been about a year. It's bushy. And I don't want to trim it because I've invested in it. <laughs> and you yeah, know exactly. what? You know what? At least this investment is only going to keep growing. Am I right, guys? Hey! <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> wow. That you just shut down the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, we we got a lot to talk about. Well, man, there's not a whole lot of hockey action, but there are things that we could talk about. Mainly, uh, Josh, I'm having you on. I want to talk about uh, NHL awards because you guys have a pretty good model based on uh, on your goals against uh, goals above replacement, as well as a number of different stats. So we kind of can go through the NHL awards a little bit and see who your favorites are for uh, each individual award. And you, know, um, there's also uh, quite a few RFAs. Well, there's two RFAs and two UFAs for the Minnesota Wild coming up after this year. And I want to get into that and what it would look like to potentially resign those guys, what they would command. Um, I know, I think it was a tweet that you guys released. Um, was it uh, when you guys were working on the contract projections on evolvingwild.com or on, I'm sorry, evolvinghockey.com? Um, that uh, with a shortened season, it's kind of hard to uh, predict what that what those contracts are going to be. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into awards or contracts? For we could do contracts, I guess. Uh, I was going to say let's take a break first. Okay. Well, <laughs> and then can. and then we'll get into uh, NHL awards, and then uh, we'll finish up with uh, specific wild contract talks. So let's take a pause now. It's a, a little bit of an early pause. But uh, we'll get into it and talk NHL awards with Evolving Wild. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild here with me. Uh, I'm your host, Joe. And uh, with Tony, we also have special guest, Josh, from Evolving Wild, EvolvingHockey.com. Check out his stats. He just, uh, him and Luke just uh, released the uh, the contract projections. Check that out as well. But they also have GAR models, be a Patreon. Help them out. And uh, get all of your stats goodness on the uh, NHL and uh, uh, on the internet. So, Josh, I want to talk to you about NHL awards because we're not sure if the NHL is actually going to come back this year. Yeah, I mean, it is, and we'll get into this more with contracts too. But it's uh, it's very interesting. We, yeah, we we as some people who follow us on Twitter uh, might know. We, um, I don't know, probably once a month, maybe, maybe a little bit less. So I, I think it's usually we would do like quarterly or like, you know, quarter way through the season, halfway through the season, three quarters. Um, we would kind of go, we do a little thread on where we were, where our, if we had a vote, which we don't 
for people who don't know, we just we we would put our opinions out of like our top five for each of the major NHL awards. Uh, and we decided to what about a week ago um, when it when it was kind of started to look like they weren't, you know, the season was probably going to be at least postponed. Um, if not completely just ended and that maybe there was even, you know, I, I think at this point they're probably not going to finish the season. And I think they're probably going to cancel the playoffs to be completely honest. I just don't really see, um, especially given how, uh, how hard New York's been hit with the amount of teams mm-hmm. on the East coast and the new England area. Um, it just seems like, like a, a, a tall task or, a, you know, asking a lot to not to mention with the unnamed Ottawa senators player that has yeah. been confirmed uh, as a case. Yeah. That's the same kind of a uh, gist we got from Jesse Pierce, uh, okay. who was a guest on the podcast late last week. Um, and she basically said that uh, she'd be more surprised if they pick play back up than, uh, than canceling the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that like the, the one option I think is that if they, and the, the, the situation where it makes sense is if they, if we somehow over the, you know, the course of the next month, if the U S or wherever, if the government produces an incredible number of tests where it becomes feasible for the NHL to buy out or have some so they can test every player. And then they just play the games without fans. Um, and they just are able to do it that way. Then I think if you can guarantee that no one is, is infected or the people who are, aren't playing. Uh, and, but it just, it just seems like you're asking a lot to, like that, that's probably a, that seems unrealistic. And B, I think that, uh, even if you did, I, I don't know how much owners are going to want to play with no fans with no playoff, you know, like there's no revenue from it. So I don't know why they would want to open the building back up, pay the players. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So yeah, yeah, it is. So how many games did we get played total? Like 70 about 70-ish, around ish. Yeah. 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 So, which is for the most part, like that's, I would say that's enough for us to get an idea about where, you know, who our awards picks would be. Sure. Like, I don't, you're going to have 12 games and you're going to have a little bit of movement in your final five or final 10. And that's probably fine for us. We've kind of had the same three players for the last like 20 games. who have been kind of vying for the top spot. Mm-hmm. There's been a few players who kind of come and gone, but for the most part, um, I guess we can jump right into it. Our heart kind of picks uh we Panarin and uh has been kind of our has been riding kind of high he's been our number one pick for a, probably about two months now maybe a little really? longer okay. um and then uh but in that mix and then this is what Luke we both tweeted this out about a week ago but our our five our top five right now and we actually had these ordered but I I don't want to I don't want to for I think any one of these players is a, a great choice for hard in my opinion so number one for us actually finished the season was Pedersen from Vancouver and oh, then okay. yeah Marchand and Panarin those were our top three and then oh, okay. the two behind them that were kind of rounded out the the, the four, fourth and fifth spots were, were Austin Matthews and Nathan McKinnon so those were our five um I I do feel inclined to say that we don't I have trouble because it's not necessarily a precedent or it doesn't happen very often I don't quite know how to evaluate it I don't think of goalies in the heart conversation even though I think that they probably should be every year, but if you mm-hmm. include them, I think there's a good chance you probably should have a goalie every year who's your candidate for heart based on how much value. But if yeah. you do want to go that route, I think uh, Hellebuck with the Jets is, I think he's like, a, there's a very valid argument that he should win the heart this year. In my opinion. That Jets team is so bad at five on five. That's to carry them to a playoff spot. Which uh, which they would be in if the season ended today, which it probably will end any Um But uh, but it it really is incredible how much he's propped them up. Yeah, 
And you yeah. can make the argument too that goaltenders with the Vesna trophy have their own trophy as well. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's the thing I think that I is is kind of I think that for me plays a little bit more. Didn't didn't Price win the heart or was he in the final three? I can't remember. Yeah, right. yeah they win the, uh, a, a goalie will win the heart every now and then, but it, yeah. it has to be just like an absurdly dominant, like Dominic Kashuk level type season for, yeah, uh, and, for a goalie to win the heart. And I would say that Hellebuck is currently if so we have both uh, we have a goals above replacement model for both skaters and goalies and Hellebuck actually is leading the league in total goals above replacement and that's that's a different model um, but it it is technically uh, in theory it's on the same scale so but there the the amount his lead is kind of within what we would consider a margin of error for kind of where you put it. So I would, I would probably throw Hellebuck in as a, maybe the, if you are a goalie, if you're, if you accept goalies in your heart, um, voting and thinking about it that way, I, I think that uh, Hellebuck should probably, de- he definitely should be in the, in the top five, if not in the top, probably two, I would say. I think um, in the church of hockey, we accept goalies into our heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we lift them up to the Lords. You know, <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> Luke and I have our own uh, kind of somewhat overdone uh, joke problems with goalies, but goalies are very difficult to analyze. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think that it's easier given the amount of um, kind of back and forth. I think the thing with Hellebuck this year is he was just so incredible. Like he easily should be Vesna. So I don't even know. I mean, we can talk about Vesna, but uh, but yeah, he's right up there with with the the best of them and from skaters, in my opinion. So Artemi Panarin is your heart trophy can- well, I, uh, I think- leader? No, we, it's hard. I, I, that, this is the thing we've tried to, um, we've, we've tried to, uh, we've tried to inject some nuance on Twitter or, or explain Good it. Luck. I know, but I think that if you're making a choice, you got to just pick one. And I would say right now it's, it's Elias Pettersson. Pettersson. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is, is I would it'd be my number one. I think Panarin is a very close second and, uh, and then third is, is, um, or Panarin and Marshand, I think are basically about the same in my opinion. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't but all th- all three are, of of them are just there and I mean and then Matthews and McKinnon so if if I have to take the more statistical approach all five of them are are uh, okay. uh, are, are worthwhile uh, candidates and I don't think one is better than the other but if I have to pick one it'd be Pedersen. So uh, I guess uh, I guess what happens you know because I know that you put a lot of thought and time and energy and work uh, you and your brother into your goals above replacement model. So when they are that close, like what factors that you're not able to put into the model do you use to differentiate uh, players from each other? Yeah, I think that it's it's an interesting thing. We actually kind of over this season, because last year we just had the one model. We just had our our kind of our our main goals above replacement model. Uh, we have a, our like whole three part article about it on hockey graphs, and that was main. That was all we used. But this year we kind of started. We built a um a model, another model called our, our expected goals above replacement model. We kind of and used that in combination with our our RAPM or RAPM regressions and. It, honestly, it's kind of we don't do anything that's like crazy, like that's that's too mathematical. It's kind of just a, a somewhat we wait a little bit more for X gar for defensemen and a, and a little more on gar for forwards, or it's a little more even for forwards, I should say. So it, it we just use kind of both of those. That's kind of our brand, I guess. At this point, is just going the data side, like that's what we provide. I think that um, there are uh, I I can live with some valid arguments about like passing or about maybe team performance. But for the most part, a lot of those criticisms that get um, thrown our way about those things, I think can be explained away by like teammates. And there are very few mm-hmm. situations where um, that uh, I think one of the players that we would have in our, t- our like that isn't in our top 10, for instance, 
uh, if we had, for instance, uh, better data um, that I think somebody who currently is maybe 50th overall is going to pop into our top five. So I kind of, at this point, based on what we've seen and what we know about some of the proprietary data, um, I, we kind of just go with our, our models. Uh, I don't, I, we don't necessarily need to get into this too much, but I'm very much against the idea that a player's team needs to make the playoffs in order for them to be in consideration for Hart. I think that's a ridiculous notion. Um, that's not what the award's about. I don't know where that notion came from. It's the same thing that happens or used to happen in baseball more um, as well. Right. So I don't look at that. Uh, I like our our overall our 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 our, our GAR and XGAR models. I, I think they take a really good. Um, uh, they they combine all of the areas that I think are value that a player can add, and they're part of the, one of the reasons why. Um, that we we built the models themselves was that they should be used for these kind of things. Uh, okay. That notion comes from where all hockey notions come from, which is 200 hockey men pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and, and like, you know, we've had, I, we, we, Joe and I talked about this when I was on here last a couple, what, a month ago? Man, that seems like forever ago. Yeah, but it wasn't a month, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was we not. We were allowed to go outside. I know. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, I, I don't even know if, yeah, it probably wasn't a month ago. It was, it was cause I, anyway. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of people have dry sidle in their top and three and I don't want our top five or maybe winning it. And I, we don't need to get in that too much, but, um, yeah, some of the, we had a lot of, uh, quote unquote hockey men who, who didn't necessarily, uh, enjoy that opinion. And we still, so it's dry, it's died down almost entirely, but we still occasionally get little like responses about dry sidle in our mentions. Were those hockey men from around the Edmonton area? Uh, they may have been. How'd you get? <laughs> you know what you got to right. say to them next? You got to say there's already an award for somebody like Leon dry It's the art Ross trophy. Exactly. And that's, I don't know. I don't understand. Like I, so I get Edmonton. I get, um, what in context, like dry, you know, McDavid, what he was hurt for a little bit. And then Drysaddle was, I, mean, I get it. Like he is, like I don't want to. He finished for us. Like I think it was he was right around like in top ten. Like he's not by any means. Like a lot of people still think that we have him like fiftieth or something. Which was the 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 misunderstanding about that was that we originally when we when some we had a bunch of people ask us about it and we just said oh. Yeah, I probably have him 30th to 50th. And we were kind of like, I think it was Luke who tweeted it. And I, I think we both kind of misread the, the data a little bit. We went back and looked and said he was a little bit higher. And then he's after pretty much after that whole firestorm happened, um, he just really did actually improve on the defensive side. And, and okay. a lot of it was offense, but he just went on a tear and popped into our probably at one point was top 10. I think he's right around 10th for us right now. Um, and so I like I'm not going to argue with anybody who thinks that dry Sutter should win the heart. Like, well, Mostly I am tired of it. <laughs> let's well, yeah that's probably it i should say let me clarify i do, i don't want to argue with anybody <laughs> i saw anymore not that um, i won't <laughs> maybe maybe he heard your tweet or saw your tweets and then he got a little motivated to get better defensively <laughs> you know it, 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 he wouldn't be the first player to do that we uh it happened with i we had a i joke about this a little bit we had a there was a big thing uh our prior people don't remember this probably but it was like earlier this year ovechkin was i think had one point, our models had him more around like a replacement level player almost entirely because of his defense. And then we got dragged a little bit for that. I mean, I, I think it was fine because his defense was so terrible this year and last year. But uh, like then after that, he went on a tear and now he's like, you know, he comes up looking pretty good. I mean, that's the thing I think that people sometimes don't understand. Like we're not um, saying this is definite. We're not saying that this is how we it's like right now, given everything we know about what this player's done this season, this is where we would put that player. If say if the NFL's or NFL and NHL starts again, 
and they have 12 more games, it's, I mean, there is possible that dry could be so good in those 12 games that we would consider him like, you know, the hard mm-hmm. runner. It's very unlikely in 12 games, but it, it's been done before. That's just how, um, how, how quickly things can move in the NHL within a small period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we, that was a lot of talk on the heart trophy, but uh, <laughs> I want to get into the Norris right after this break. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony here with uh, Josh from Evolving Wild, Evolving Hockey. I keep doing that because you're Evolving either. Wild on Twitter, but it's EvolvingHockey.com. Again, uh, your, your destination for advanced stats in the NHL. Um, we're going to continue with the NHL awards here. We, we spoke a lot about the Hart Trophy, but let's get into a few more. Um, the Norris Trophy, who is obviously supposed to be the one who demonstrates the best all around ability from defensemen. Who's who's on your uh, who's your winner for Norris Trophy? So because uh, he has the most points. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Jones, Tony just had to get that opinion in there before yeah, anyone right. else. Um, I just so need I, everyone I, to know that I am a smart hockey man. <laughs> yeah, you just need to get that in there so that uh, it's it's the it's the lead basically of the of the Norris. Um, so for us, I, I think that uh, um. Uh, our, my winner or our winner, I should say this is, but it's based on our stuff is, is, uh, Alex Petrangelo with the blues. I think he he's, uh, and I don't, th- I think that's a, it's a, not a very controversial pick in my opinion. I think it's been between him and, and our, I think, so you guys will like this, but, um, our top three were, uh, Petrangelo, um, Yossi, and then Jared Spurgeon is our third. Really? Fourth. Yeah. Dang. Uh, I, I know, which is. I I hate to say that since we've been Wild fans doing data work, there has I don't think other than Selkie, I don't think we've ever had a Wild player in our top five for any of the major awards. Really? Okay, wow. <laughs> Which uh, I think is, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense. Like they've never really had other than I think Zucker maybe one year was right on the on the fringe. Um, he was. Like probably a top 10 player, 16, 17, both one of him or Nino or maybe Granlin that year were like up there. But we've never had in what I would consider a player who is firmly in the top five from the wild. I think Spurgeon season this year was just uh, it, it, it was it was just really, really just incredibly rounded, like everything that he did. Uh, just for the team and, and the value he added, I, I easily earns him a top three. So, that, yeah, Petrangelo, Yossi and Spurgeon. But I think it's kind of. In my opinion, I think Petrangelo is a little bit above, um, like the next uh, next couple guys. I think Yossi is is had a really great year, and there's a few others, but yeah, those are our three. Wow, I'm surprised because most of the time the media does go after most points, even though they could be just terabad on defensive side. Where Joe, maybe that's why media, and we that is why I know, but but that's why the. Uh, you know, Jared Spurgeon probably pops up in your models because he adds so much more defensively as well. Even if his yeah. offense is, um, it, it's, it's good, but it's not greatness. Like what John Carlson put up. Yeah. And I think it, it depends on how you define, um, defense, I think, or uh, sorry, not defense offense. I mean, both offense and defense, but the thing with, uh, that, with, that Carlson does is he, he just, he gets to play with a lot of, with, with Ovechkin and Backstrom, um, and a few other players on the, on the Capitals. And, that leads just leads to playing with Ovechkin leads to a lot of points and it can be points in that way. It can be very, especially for defensemen. I think it can be very misleading in terms of the actual offensive player adds. Now I don't want to, I don't want to act like 
you know, Carlson didn't have a really good offensive year because he really, he did a lot of goals, you know, a lot of high chances and a lot of goals that happened when he was on the ice um, and compared to all his teammates, all that stuff, he was great. But um, if you look at, uh, um, if, if you look at uh, Spurgeon, he just does, it's not like his offense was crazy good, but it was very good above it, very above average. And everything that Spurgeon did this year was above average, which is a, ends up being a very valuable player. His offense is his defense. He's pretty added a, a decent amount on the power play. And then his penalty numbers are, are always good. And, and that overall leads to, uh, it, it provides a lot of value overall that when you sum it and you kind of try to get the entire picture of what a player can do and the value that they do provide to their team, that's kind of where we came from. Um, there's a few other players. Defensemen are kind of wonky when going between different models because if you, depending on what you look at, if you look at goals or you look at shots or, you know, XG or expected goals or scoring chances, um, you can get a different, a wildly different picture. For instance, sure. like one of our models had Ryan Ellis as the clear front runner. Mm. Um, which I think is fair. He had a fantastic year, but a lot of that was kind of, you could kind of go and dig into it a little bit more. And there just happened to be a lot of, um, he had a pretty high on ice shooting percentage, which I think mm-hmm. is an indication of, of uh, a pretty, you know, of, of, of quite a bit of luck. Um, not to say that that wasn't also, you know, maybe some of it was his result of him. And he also has an incredibly, like one of the best shots for a defenseman in the league. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I think that Petrangelo, it's it's in my opinion, I think he's the clear front runner for us. But I think Spurgeon, in my opinion, and then Yossi are the other two in the finalists for 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 us. Before That's, we uh, go to the contract talk, I just want to put the Calder to you straight. Um, oh, yeah. right, Quinn Hughes or Kale McCarr? Go, Adam Fox. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Adam Fox has been. Uh, he's and. So I, not not to not to mislead people too much. McCarr and Hughes are are in our top five. I mean, like it's 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 Fox and McCarr. We actually had uh, uh, is it Kubalik or K- Kubalik? Kubalik. Um, he was our third actually, but him and him McCarr and Hughes were all uh were all and and Fox too were all really close. But um for when it came to uh uh what just having to pick um one of them, I I actually think that. Fox maybe had the better season of any of any rookie this year. Okay. Uh, and it's which is interesting. I think that McCarr and, and Hughes were clear and it was they basically spent the first half of the season going back and forth um in my opinion for who should be, you know, who was mm-hmm. the front runner. And then Fox really just had an incredible like last couple months uh, of the year. And so um yeah, it I, I think Fox but again I want to be clear because I don't want to get in trouble with people <laughs> misunderstanding us on Twitter is I think all any of them are a legitimately like good choice for, for Calder. So I think that Hughes and McCarr, I think if I had to pick one, it'd probably go McCarr um, between Hughes and McCarr. Cause those are the two that are kind of the, the, the more uh, banner names, but Adam Fox just had an incredible year and I, I want to you know, give him some props too. Hold on, All before right. we do this, uh, before we upload this, I gotta upload one of those uh, those beefy armed guys shaking hands memes. Right. Um, Colorado <laughs> fans, Vancouver fans, and in the middle, beating up Evolving Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the thing that's been nice is we have quite a few. Um, there, there are quite a few Rangers fans on Twitter and just in general, and we have a lot of support with our both our Panarin and Fox love this year because they were both incredible on the team. Um, that seems to kind of, in my opinion, drown out the. And I, I don't. I think a lot of people could can understand why Adam Fox would be in the conversation, um, but. He's maybe not as I haven't watched a lot of them, so this is just again based on our uh, on our methods, our models, the stuff on our website. But yeah, that's who I would pick. 
Okay. And then before we uh, head to break here, um, I want to get your Selkie winner. Yeah. The best award, by the way. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the most Miko award. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, the, it's the only award I've ever been able to cheer for, in my opinion, as a <laughs> Right. Selkie. So that's what I, uh, and I will, as as Giles likes to meme us on, on, on Twitter, is, is I will, when I'm, when I'm old and gray, I will still be, I will still hold a grudge the fact that Miko Kobe didn't win the Selkie in, in 2017, 2018 season. Anyway, um, the Selkie, and this is going to maybe get back into some of the controversy because our Selkie picks are always the ones that people are, people, so it's funny because people don't really care about the Selkie overall, which hurts my soul a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, and it's name but, recognition. Yeah, it is. But also then the, so that makes it a little softer but then when people see some of the players we have they're like what are you like what the hell are you talking about basically but i think that uh my selkie i uh, selkie winner is is uh believe it or not valerian and um oh, okay. yeah he he was he had a and, and this is the thing this is he was the 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 real name that went along with dry and i can't I believe Valerie. that you wanted to pick valerie nichushkin to win the selkie over leon dry <laughs> <laughs> yeah there it is tony you see you already knew like that you know this is this is what's going to come up on twitter for us but uh so i he just had a re- and the thing with the selkie i think is that a lot of people think that you need to play top line minutes you need to play 20 you know 23 minutes a night you need to play against the best competition every night and i i, I think that when we do a lot of a lot of the models, we do a lot of the um, the analysis. It, it ends up when you when you actually prop or from our opinion, when you properly deal with teammates and with competition and time on ice and deployment and all that stuff, you end up getting players who drastically overperform what you would expect given their deployment. So you can have a player like Nachushkin or um, our second was was uh, Aston Reese on Pittsburgh. Um, and then Blake Coleman was our third in terms of our Selkie nominations, who are not by any means, you know, they're not the Bergerons, they're not the Couturiers, the people that are probably will be nominated. But these players, they do so well um, in their roles and the their actual defensive uh, game and the results when they're on the ice um, compared to when you take into everything else that we can into account. They actually just they just are incredible players. I think the thing that that a lot of people overlook is just the idea of, of competition. Uh, people think that players like Bergeron and, and Couturier are playing against Connor McDavid every night. Um, and when, when in fact, like you play against uh, each, each team's best player, like 20% of the time, maybe, or whatever, you know, it, it might be higher if you're, if you're, if you're getting specifically matched up and, and that, that might be the case, but the amount of comp the way, the way competition is, 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 uh, um, distributed uh, against a player when we evaluate this is a lot more varied than I think people understand. And mm-hmm. but when we take into account teammates, that's, that's where players actually like they play with pe- like their teammates a lot. And so um, you play with better players. It's going to be easier for you to defend in, in theoretically, you know, it depends who you play with and all that stuff. There's a lot of interactions there, but the Chushkin ended up coming out this year as in my opinion, the best defensive forward um, followed by Aston Reese and Blake Coleman. Um, and then, yeah, Nick Foligno and, and, and Bjorkstrand kind of rounded out our top five. So those five names are not the names that most people would think of. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting when we talk about skater defense, um, trying to figure out exactly what does that mean and, and who are the best defensive forwards, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, do you have uh, – we've had you on here now going over some controversial picks, ones that you're not <laughs> going to find in The Athletic. Um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I resemble that. 
<laughs> we, uh, we occasionally see some of this stuff pop up. We've had some few people. I don't know who could possibly I could name uh, who writes for the athletic who occasionally has some some agreeing thoughts with us. But uh, yeah, they're they're a little controversial. The Selkie ones, but again, nobody really cares about the Selkie. So right. other than me and Luke, so <laughs> where can uh, where can they where can people find you or your website on the internet? So I, again, as, as, as Joe has said numerous times, my name's Josh. I, uh, I'm one of t- uh, t- uh, a pair of twins uh, that we run a, a Twitter account um, at Evolving Wild. Uh, we also maintain a website um, that is called uh, Evolving Hockey, or you can be, it can be found evolving-hockey.com. Uh, we also technically are still um, contributors to Hockey Graphs, but we haven't had something out on there for over a year, uh, coming up on a year. Um, so we, we might get back into that, but... Um, I don't know. Given that there's no hockey, might be something to to, some, to spend some time on. But that's the, those are our primary sources of where we can be found. Awesome. Appreciate you showing up today, Tony. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at oh hi Tony, and you can find me and my work at the Athletic Minnesota. With those controversial takes. I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right, and then you can find me on Twitter at joeboo15 as well as uh, find my work at zonecoverage.com. That's gonna do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode and you don't have to do any work. Also, leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your NHL awards every day.